Hey, what's up everybody? DJ Martin, church pastor here at Parker Ford Church. Thanks for joining us for another one of our midweek teachings. Whether you're from Parker Ford or just joining us online, it's great to have you with us on our journey through the Sermon on the Mount. We've been going through the Sermon on the Mount for several months now, and we're coming to the last couple texts, the last couple verses, passages in the Sermon on the Mount in our series called A Path Forward. Today's teaching comes from Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 27, and I've titled this teaching, Obedience over sacrifice. Before we get into the teaching today, let's pray, invite the Holy Spirit to lead us, and then we'll jump into the text. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for this day. Thank you that you have called us to a life of obedience. And not only have you called us to a life of obedience, it's not a futile task that you've called us to. You've empowered us with the Holy Spirit. You've guided us with your word. You've filled us with your love. You've adopted us into your family. You've given us the example of Jesus to model our lives around. And so it's not just that you've dropped us off in this dark room and said, good luck. You've given us all of these gifts and tools to help us on the journey. So we pray that we would be a people who walk in your footsteps, who learn from your example. And as we look at this text today, that you would teach us and guide us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've been walking through the Sermon on the Mount now for several months with this uh, sort of understanding that this is Jesus' kingdom teaching. In in, uh, Matthew chapter 4, excuse me. Jesus began to preach, it says, he began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he calls his first disciples, he does, he performs miracles and ministers to people, and then he gathers a group of people, including his disciples, he has them sit down, and in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he gives the Sermon on the Mount, which is really his teaching about what it's like to live in his kingdom, in his city, what his economy is like, what his constitution is, what the rules are in his kingdom. And uh, so we've been tracking with that. The last several sections of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7 are built around the idea of obedience, that we can't just hear these words, we actually have to put them into practice. Jesus was being serious when he gave this teaching. So really, almost all of chapter 7, at least the second half of it, through the end of the sermon, is about obeying Jesus' words. And we're going to see that again in today's passage. So starting in verse 21, Matthew 7, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Did you catch that? He says, not everyone who says, who calls him Lord, in other words, not everyone who who confesses him with their mouth will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So it's not enough just for us to confess Christ, though that is absolutely pivotal and important. We must confess Christ. But then we also have to obey. We have to walk it out. Do the will of God. Verse 22, On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me you workers of lawlessness. This should, this should be a very sobering um, passage for us who follow Christ. It's not enough for us to pay lip service to Jesus's uh, kingdom or, or his kingship or his lordship. We are called into a life 
of obedience. He's interested in not only what our mouths confess, but what our lives live out. This isn't a work salvation message, but it is a message that we are to be fruit-bearing trees, as he said in the passage before this in Matthew chapter 7. So on the day, on the judgment day, uh, many will say to him, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name? So apparently people who are doing mighty works in the name of Jesus and the response is, I never knew you depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Listen to the words again from verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is heaven in, in heaven. Are we a people following in the footsteps of Jesus who are not only confessing him, but living it out, seeking to be a people of obedience. He then goes on to tell one of the more famous parables that's included in uh, the entire scriptures, really. I'm sure you've heard this parable before. In Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 24, he says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. He's telling this parable to illustrate the point that he just made about many will come and say to him, Lord, Lord, but haven't actually lived out the life that he's called us to. If you think about these two houses, the house that's built on the rock and the house that's built on the sand, to the casual observer or the person who's outside of the house just looking at these two houses, they might be built right next to each other. And from all physical appearances, you wouldn't be able to tell a difference between the two. In fact, the house built on the sand may be more impressive to the outward eye. It may look like it's more grand and more beautiful and even more well-maintained. But what Jesus is talking about here is there's something underneath each house that's not visible to the naked eye, that you can't just see, that only the builder and maybe those who most use the house will, will understand that there's something underneath the surface. And it doesn't matter how many coats of paint that you slap on that house. Um, it doesn't matter how trendy the decorating is. It doesn't matter how beautiful the facade is of the house that's built on the sand. If it's not built on a sure foundation, then all of that is just fluff. All of it. It's like a whitewashed tomb, like Jesus critiques the Pharisees in another passage. It's just an outwardly cleaned cup when inside there's death and decay. One of the earlier teachings in this series, I had titled it um, Under the Hood, Looking Under the Hood, and we had talked about how in some of the passages in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, you know, don't make a big show of your righteousness, a big outward show of your righteousness, because then you'll receive the reward. The only reward you'll get is the praise of men. But if you want to please God, practice your righteousness in secret. In other words, do it to glorify him, not yourself. 
Well, there's a similar principle taking place here, that God is interested not just with outward appearances, but rather with what's going on internally. What is the foundation of what we are building our lives on? Again, it's not enough just to call ourselves Christians. It's not enough to sing, you know, praise music and memorize some verses um, and say, well, Jesus, I, I was a Christian. I, I had bumper stickers on my car. I had the Jesus fish on my, on my car bumper. And I, you know, I hung verses in my kitchen and I only listened to Christian radio. All of that is external, outward stuff that doesn't actually really please God in the end because what he's looking for is a life of service and a life of obedience that's built on a sure foundation. Another passage that this reminds me of comes from the Old Testament in the book of 1 Samuel. It's when King Saul, the first king of Israel, was the, was the king and the Lord had given him an objective as king to defeat and completely wipe out um, the Amalekites. And Saul had sort of done it, but only halfway. And he ended up saving um, much of the the best livestock. And and he gave it to his men and kept some for himself. And then the prophet Samuel comes and confronts him. And it says in 1 Samuel 15, verse 22, And Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. So what Saul had done was he had taken some of you know the, the sheep and livestock and he had made this grand sacrifice. So the outward appearance of it was this really outward, you know, religious symbol of worshiping God. And yet the prophet comes to Saul and rebukes him and says, it is way more important that you be a man who obeys then you be a man who sacrifices and has these outward shows of religiosity. To obey is better than sacrifice. And then uh, Samuel compares rebellion to witchcraft. He says in verse 23, For rebellion is as the sin of divination, and presumption is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. To, to obey is better, better than sacrifice. And Jesus is teaching much the same thing here as he concludes his sermon. These are the last verses. This, this parable about the two houses are the, is the last verses in the Sermon on the Mount. This um, most important teaching maybe that has ever been given in human history. And it's this picture that Jesus lives, leaves us with. If you hear my words and you obey them, you're like a person who builds his house on the rock. If you hear these words and you don't obey them, you're like a person who builds his house on the sand. We've been tracking with two books throughout this series. One is Sky Jatani's uh, little devotional, What If Jesus Was Serious? And the other is Dallas Willard's The Divine Conspiracy. Um, Today, I I thought this quote from Sky Jatani's book, What If Jesus Was Serious, just fit this so well. He says, The parable reminds us that the most important thing about us, what defines our life and destiny, is hidden from the view of others. It cannot be seen or praised by those around us. Therefore, if we live for the affirmation of others, we are unlikely to give much attention to our foundations, and we will be in great peril. Jesus says it is the secret, hidden reality upon which we construct our identity that matters most. The world celebrates the grandeur of the house, but the Lord alone knows the quality 
of its foundation. So I want to encourage you today to read these verses, Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 27. Spend some time meditating on them and ask yourself the following questions. What does your foundation look like? What does the foundation of your life look like? And what are you building your life on? What is the foundation that you are building your life on? All of us are building our lives on something. What is it that you are building your life on? And how might Jesus be offering you a path forward out of gridlock, out of being stuck today through this beautiful teaching? I pray that today's message, today's teaching is a blessing to you. And I hope you have a wonderful week. Go with God.